welcome to Don't Worry You're Enough Podcast. I'm Diane Roberts. And I'm Michaela Bennett. Hi, friends. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Don't Worry You're Enough. I feel like I talk too loud when I say that and I'm blasting people's ears of hi friends because it's literally what so it's literally what Michaela and I say to each other anytime we see each other it doesn't matter yes we're just excited and I think that's fine it is there's no rules here (laughs) there's no rules because we don't know the rules so we can't really it's true so with this episode we wanted to talk about all of these I hope will kind of group together and and flow. And I think this one is really important for a lot of us, especially these days of isolation, a time where friendships are the most important, I think, for for most people is to have these friendships. So we were navigating what is friendship, what does friendship mean in friends? And all I could think about was all of the songs that had friends in them. So I was thinking, <laughs> friends are friends forever. Oh, the Lord. <laughs> I can't remember. Is that Michael W. Smith? I have no idea. Oh, okay. That shows my age. And then TLC's like, what about your friends? Will they stand their ground? That's all literally in a loop in my head the whole time is all I'm hearing. So so funny. Toy Story, you've got a friend in me is coming. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Now we need like a friends Friends playlist. playlist. (laughs) (laughs) And fun fact to mention, I have never, ever seen the TV show Friends. So that's a good point, but you are young and that came out when you were very, very young. And, and it came out when I was, I think in grade school, maybe in the nineties, right. It was in the nineties. And I just wasn't totally connected with it. I know friends that are my age, love it. And they are, I've just never seen it. They know every episode they're ingrained in it. It just wasn't, I thought all of the characters were super annoying. Anyways, (laughs) I just thought they were all annoying. Give me Felicity any day. I will watch Felicity nonstop. Shout out Sarah Anderson. So do you remember the first friend you ever had? I do. Now, this is sad because I don't know if it set me up for the rest of the friendships that I would ever have in life, but it's just tragic and I will share. Tragic to a nine-year-old. My brother and I were both homeschooled until about seven, eight, nine years old. He went into first grade. I went into third grade. I came into school in November. So the year had started. Friendships were already made. And I remember sitting by this girl for the first day. I cannot remember her name, but I remember that she had brown hair just like me. And we just became fast friends the first day. Only to just find out. she had brown hair. <laughs> no, I think like she was the sweetest. She was the I'm sweetest third grader, but also commonalities because... I only had my brother and cousins growing up and it wasn't like I was surrounded by kids at a young age. Sad thing that I learned the first day was that she was moving to another school three days later. So that was my first and quickest friendship three days. Aww. I remember my very first friend, her name was Emily Parks. We went to kindergarten together and I don't know how we became friends. I think when you're little, friendships are very instant. They're very organic. They are geographic sometimes. You're your next door neighbor or you go to school. She and I went to kindergarten together. She lived a couple streets away. We would ride our bikes to each other's houses. We loved to play Barbies. We loved to go on adventures. And that was that. And I remember it being a huge investment of time. Like we literally would see each other every day and we were inseparable. And then I think once 
I went to a different school first grade and she stayed at that school, we sort of grew apart. So I knew that school as a kid, school is, is a deciding factor, I think, for a lot of friendships for us. Yeah. And then when you leave school or you go to a different school, for some reason, that always sort of separates people, separates kids, at least, you know, and keeping yes. that effort up and becoming friends. Absolutely. So how, Which why is, is it easier for kids to make friends than it is for adults to make friends? Why do you think that is? That's an excellent question. Because I hear from a lot of friends of mine that they have a really hard time making friends with adults. And I- Absolutely. What do you think that is? I would say that as a kid, you are almost on a one-track mind. You're so young, having fun all day. You're creative, you're exploring, you're learning, and you don't have any judgment. Not that any judgment's been passed on to you, and you're also not looking through any kind of lens of what will they think about me. As we get older, I don't know when that age happens or what shift occurs that we suddenly go from, wow, everyone's my friend. I love this to, oh my gosh, everyone hates me and you can't seem to fit in anywhere. So I think that childlike wonder is what is the difference between friends, friendships and adults. Yeah, because if you actually break it down, you know, if you think about kids and friendships, it's, it is that childlike wonder, it's adventure, it's a commonality. And why can't we have that as adults? I think as adults, we become more aware of our insecurities and we project those onto new people and we overthink everything. We overthink situations. Oh, I don't, they don't know how to create a genuine experience with someone. So they don't, I also think it's rejection. You also don't want to be rejected by other people uh, when you're trying to be friends with someone. I think also there's this piece to it that people, I don't think we know how to start the genuine conversation. And I think that that's why I started for me, why I started the walking group that I had, where I would pull people in from different parts of my life so that they could connect with each other. So that even if I'm the commonality for you, God bless, because that's, that's great. Now people can connect because, okay, well, I know Diane and you know, Diane. Okay, that's great. So then I've introduced a lot of people to each other, which is great. Yes, you have. So I think, think that insecurity and that overthinking kind of comes into play too. It made it be just around the whole puberty age when you really become aware of your growing up and Mm -hmm. all of that physical and mental and emotional growth that you go through. And then you realize as a kid, I don't think I had any insecurities as a kid because I just didn't think about that. I almost didn't even remember knowing what they were. But as soon as you get to middle school, especially high school and beyond, like you said, you are so aware you're trying to fit in. And it's almost as like that childlike wonder is gone. And I think we're all searching for how to get that back. I think we just want to have someone there through whatever it is that we're going through. I agree. I think that as we grow and change, so do our friendships and the level of our friendships and the importance of them and what you bring into it and what you get out of it, I think is really important. So then I think too, going, knowing, going through school and realizing just how fake high school friendships were, whenever we would do a class project, you need to get, get into groups. Everyone had pretty much talked to their friends before I had. So everyone had a partner for this project. The groups of four or five were already established. So my pickings were whoever were left. 
Hmm. And you almost just formed that group because you didn't want to let anyone else in because you had almost found your tribe. You put a stamp on it, signed, sealed, and delivered. And then it kind of made everyone else on the outside. Well, why can't I get in? I'm sorry you felt that way. I know. Middle school and high school was a teeny bit rough. We can talk about school a complete other time. We'll have to come back to that because I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, I'm sorry that you felt that way because that's that's not, I went to an all girls high school and I'm sure that that transpired for a lot of people. I tried to, because of the way that I was treated in grade school, same sort of scenario, I tried to almost do a 180 and those that I knew were going to get left out. And I think that carried on like I said into my adult life is if I knew someone was going to get left out I'm pulling you in because I don't ever want you to feel the way that I felt you know in those situations so that's not for me to pat myself on the back that's for me to tell I had kids that's what I would tell them is you always include people and and I know my friend Sarah does this with her kids and she was so good at it with her with her son and her daughter was you always include people you never be the bad kid you never do those things and and then it makes you a very kind person and a very welcoming person and and less judgment too like we said so so what makes a good friend and what do you think differs now from a good friend when you were a child and a good friend when you're an adult I think the one commonality from childhood to adulthood is their presence in your life whether it's living down the road from each other or living across the country, the difference is them being there. So whether they are living down the road from you or in the same city as you or across the country, kind of keeping in communication so you always know that their presence is there. And when you need them, they're there for you. And I love this quote that says, friendship isn't about who you've known the longest. It's about who walked into your life and said, I'm here for you and proved it. Yay. I love that. So I think it's just about them being in your life and wanting to be a part of your life, showing a genuine interest, having similar interests, having different interests, but just the fact that you have kind of I want to say attached in a very loving way, but they've attached themselves to you. They're invested, not necessarily to get anything out of it for them, but just Mm -hmm. that here's a human being who I really enjoy spending time with. I enjoy learning and growing with them. And I just want to be with. I used to tell people when, and I still do this now, if I feel a really genuine connection with someone, I just tell them we're going to be best friends. Yes. (laughs) I think I said that to you, Michaela, because I, if I feel a genuine connection with someone, I just tell them, I go, we're going to be best friends. And they usually laugh in my face. And then that's, uh, we're usually really good. But I love that because I think that's what we all generally want to hear at the end of the day. Yeah, that you're needed, that that someone needs you and wants you. We just want people that like us. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's also, so some of the things I was thinking about for this was friendships sort of fall into categories. And I think that there's acquaintances, there's friends, there's good friends, and there's best friends, right? And so I think what makes a good friend and a best friend, you know, that I don't know what the, I was trying to think of this too. I don't know what the pushes someone over to best friend. I don't know what that is in my understanding, but I think sort of the connection for good friends is a mutual admiration. Mm -hmm. And the effort to keep the friendship. Yes. So I know you and I were in contention on that sort of phrase of the effort of putting yeah. forth a friendship. But yeah. let me put a pause on that. So come back to that for one second. 
okay. remind me the effort to keep the friendship. But the other piece that I thought sort of made a good friend was the thoughtfulness, the being conscious of people's yes. needs and sort of that selfless giving, you know, yes. want, like you said, wanting nothing back, nothing in return, just, I want to make you happy. I want to do this out of the kindness of my heart. My friend, Emily Stack, which you've met, she yeah. is that person. So she selflessly give, shout out, Emily. <laughs> she Love you. Selflessly, selflessly gives herself to her friends and family too, but specifically friends. And, and it's one of those things where I think of dropping everything and doing something for someone just to help them out or, or bringing a meal to someone because they're struggling or thinking of somebody who has, is having a really hard time and you just send them a text and just say, hey, I was thinking about you. Even just little things like that, I think can really cultivate some friendships that maybe have been a little stagnant is just, hey, I was just, you know, if someone sends that to me, hey, I was just thinking about you, that just what you don't need to send me a card. That just, day. yeah, just warms my heart that you were Absolutely. even thinking about me. So I think that's what makes a good friend. Now, what makes a best friend or what is sort of, sort of back up, like we were saying, but the contention that you and I had was the effort to keep the friendship. Yeah. So what I mean by that is I found that in my life, I have lost some friends because the effort to keep the friendship was very one-sided, was me yes. trying to connect with them, me making all of the arrangements, me, you know, hey, you want to get together? Hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? And yes, they will do it with me and they will come and see me or I'll, we'll, we'll connect and we'll contact each other. But then yep. there's some that just, could, but it's very one-sided, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I know you were saying that you're okay with that, right? I mean, I felt like sometimes I was writing people off because I would try to get together with them and they would keep turning me down or they would keep rescheduling or they just didn't whatever. And I'm like, okay, I get the hint. Yeah. Is that right to do? Is that, is that the right way to act? You know, if someone, if I keep trying to get in touch with someone and they don't want to, they keep rescheduling or canceling or all these things, I kind of feel like you don't want to talk to me or be with me. And that's where the overthinking kind of goes into place. Yeah. I would have a different answer if last year didn't happen. And because okay. it did happen, I now have a different answer. Okay, what so is that? I have a few friends that were in the medical field during last year, doing what they did, doing it with grace and strength, and are still doing it. And so those were very good friends that I had established when I had moved here about three years ago. And again, shared interests, commonalities, kind of a similar faith background, different walks of life, but just, hey, I really like you. Here's the effort. Let's go. And so last year for me, almost wiped the slate clean. And I say that with a grain of salt because it's now so hard. Hard to we can't what? see them. We can't do the things that we used to do. Yay for technology. We have it on our side. I know we're so sick of using it, but this is all we have for right now. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard. The texts weren't coming in as often as they used to and getting together for a lunch or a dinner or a shopping spree or a reading, like whatever, just doing something like that didn't happen. And so I, I know we're still friends, but because of this giant global pandemic that happened, we're not investing. And this is as much on me as it is on anybody else that I'm talking about in my life. But it was really hard because I didn't communicate as much either. And I knew that both 
both of us weren't putting in that effort. So does that mean that we're both done? Or it's just, I guess then the question is, when life gets too hard, do we just stop or do we keep going? Because I'm fortunate enough to have those friendships that when we don't see each other for a while, and my friend, my friend Hava, I didn't see for seven months. And then we went hiking one Saturday and we literally picked up like we had not seen each other since seven minutes ago. So I guess, is that what a best friend is? Someone that you can pick up with and just keep going no matter how much distance there's been? I think a good friend is going to recognize. So like for you, you recognize that those friends of yours that are in the medical field are going through, are struggling right now. They're struggling for energy. They're struggling in their lives, in their mental capacity. So a good friend would be one that recognizes that person going through a struggle and they can't reach out right now because they're probably drowning in a million different things and still reaching out, expecting nothing in return. I think that's a good friend. And I think based on that definition and just knowing what I had done over last year, I was not a very good friend to my friends. So that's a good recognition in yourself. That's the truth. And I apologize publicly and, and privately if it was it was hard. And so, okay, what do you do when you can't see each other? What do you do when you're just tired? You came home from a very long day, whether you worked in the medical field or you didn't, I got to pick myself up and I got to get back to it again tomorrow. I could have easily sent a, Hey, I'm thinking about you text. I could have easily sent a cute little like GIF or little something to them. And I think that was a very rude awakening for me knowing that because I wanted all of those things. So I was very much expecting things. Right. And I didn't essentially practice what I preached just to myself, not to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That was awakening. Even just thinking about this topic and do we put that effort in to the people that we want? Do you want the same effort shown? Because it is, it's supposed to be a two-way street. And I say that supposedly, because then there's some that just don't do anything. Yes. And I think as you get older, the, I think in my twenties, I was expecting a lot from people. I was expecting people to match me in intensity of our friendship. I was expecting people to drop everything and do everything for me. Like, let's go, let's drop everything and go here. Like, let's drop everything, you know, stop your life and be my friend. I felt like that. I feel like my twenties is pretty selfish and it's a very, I don't know if it's more, it's not introspective. It's just, it's a more like me, me, me. And then I felt in my thirties, as I'm at the end of my thirties, going into my forties, I felt less of that. And I felt more I felt more of life is short. I don't care if people don't reach out to me or connect with me. I'm going to reach out to you because I want you to feel welcome. And I want you to know that I'm here for you. So I think that was a huge shift. That's a, that's not a day and night shift. That's a huge sort of paradigm shift that happens when you adjust your, as you get older, that paradigm shift happens and you just adjust your thinking. So now when I think about friends that I have, I have one best friend. I have Sarah, who I met in college, and we don't talk every day. And when I think about why it is I categorize her in my brain as a best friend is because we are like family now. So when I think of her, I think of her as like my sister. So if she needed anything and she wanted me to, if she said, Diane, I need you, I'm, I'm by Jason, you know, my husband, (laughs) by Jason, I gotta go, Sarah, Sarah needs me something to, you know, even though she's four hours away, 
I have a sort of, it's a deeper friendship. And I think the friendships that you get in your twenties can the ones that you create in your 20s can expand on and develop and grow. I think that some of them are pretty superficial. They become ones that are out of, we were talking, you, you get them because you did a show together you, or you did, we did theater. You do, you get friends from theater, you get friends from church, you get friends from different hobbies that you have a shared like, but yeah. there's no sort of intrinsic value to that friendship, I think it does just die. And it becomes sort of a mutual (laughs) understanding that this isn't, this friendship doesn't mean anything to me. We're, I've pushed you down into friends. We're friends. If we were still going into those categories, we're just friends. And if I saw you, I'd say hi and, and we're good. I think we need to be more good friends and like best friends. And even if you're not publicly saying like, you're my best friend, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I do. I think that we could grow and develop and transition with each other in that mutually inclusive growth. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. That makes, that's so good. That makes so much sense. And that's really a great challenge too. Even if you are the one that keeps putting in the effort until I think, you know, or it's a season of life where you know that the friendship is no longer and that's okay. Because I can say too, heading into my late 20s, that there have been friends for a season, a very specific one. And then we either grow out of each other or one or both of us moved. Or it had an expiration date. It had an expiration date that we didn't know about. And that's that. And so I think now it's really treasuring the friends in the moment. And there are several that I have had through different seasons of life. And there are ones that have kind of carried through, but also just to not hold my friends with a closed fist knowing that should there come an expiration day, which sounds awful, but should there come a time where we need to go off and do our own things in the world, that we can just move on and move on with grace. And I think that's not what I've always done when friendships have come to a close, because like romantic relationships, sometimes we just ghost the other person. And sometimes we do that with our friends. So what have you done when you have found that the friendship was kind of at the end? Did you have a conversation? Did you just let it go? What did you do? I think you don't need to make this declaration and say, we're not friends anymore. That sounds very immature to me. You're going up to somebody and say, we're not friends anymore. And I'm sure people as adults have said that to each other. That's have said, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I'm sure if I've said that to anyone, it's because you exhausted me. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you, and and you're like, and you're like, Diane, you told me you don't want to be my friend anymore. First of all, I would ask, why are you listening to this podcast? If you you don't want to, if I said, I didn't want to be friends with you. So I can't go back in my memory bank and say, I never said that. I think it's very immature thing to say to someone, but I do think you can grow apart and just go your separate ways and just, you just don't speak and that, and, and just move on with your life. Yeah. And I think communication plays a huge role in that because if, if there had been a good communication in the friendship, it wouldn't have had to resolve to walking up to their face and saying, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I know I've, there's been a couple bridges even over the last few years, recent, very recent, even I think pre-pandemic, there was almost an altercation of sorts. And I think looking back, I think those friendships needed to end. I don't think that they needed to end the way that they were because lack of communication and the lack of effort of even just treating them with respect, treating myself with respect and knowing that yes, humans do grow apart. People move on, they get married, new jobs, what have you. And so I think having that through line of communication and just honesty, I think people too, sometimes in friendships, 
are afraid to be honest and authentic lose yes authentic that's it for fear of losing them if you told them either your true feelings or what have you so we very much want friendships I think the thing too is quality over quantity yes not about the number of them and I think I social media makes it so much that you feel like you need to have yeah. hordes of them and just having even a small handful. You need to, to curate, with you, you need to curate yes. your, your friend group and make it yes. a group that builds you up, that is supportive. And yes. then also knowing that you can let go of even very good friends, knowing that this is just the season to let them go. So I think it's a personal moment between you and the empty space and just thinking about your future and thinking about where you guys are going. And yeah, distance doesn't matter too, too much. You can still be a friend through a text message, email, phone call, whatever, going on hikes, going to a coffee shop, whatever your shared interest is that you can do. But I think that is the thing that I'm learning kind of going from twenties, late twenties, heading into thirties in a few years, is it's okay that I might get to 30 with no one that I was in my twenties with, or it might be okay to realize too, that the amount of friends that I had in my 20s has dwindled down to a few close ones. And those are the ones that are supposed to be with me for the next one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to recognize. So I think for you and probably for a lot of people, it's great to recognize that in yourself. I think we all think that we're really good friends, but if we broke it down and, and we actually looked at what we say and, and our actions, we may not be as good as we think we are. And I bet if we interviewed people who are close to us, you know, you would, be, I think we would both be interested to hear what some people would say. Obviously, if they're friends of ours, they would say great things about us. <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> you would hope that they would hope say so. great things about us. When I was in my early 20s, like I said, my friend Sarah and I, she's my best friend. When Sarah got married, I remember her like having a conversation with her after she got married and she's, and she said to me, you know, why don't you call me as often or whatever? And I said, well, you're married now. You don't have time for me. It was like, I think I literally said those words, you know, you're married now. Like you can't have friends now. (laughs) Just just my immature brain was, was saying, oh, well, she's grown up now. Mm -hmm. She's moved on and she doesn't have space for me. And she's hilarious. You know, She's like, what are you talking about? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Of course, you're my friend. Just because I got married doesn't mean that life has to end. Like we can't be friends anymore. And I just couldn't understand that. So I think to kind of sum up everything that we've been talking about is, is we need to be cognizant. I can't even use that word. So I have to use a different word. I think we, I think we need to be aware of the people in our lives and know that life is short and it isn't just about us. And those people that pop into your head that just send a text, just send a quick text, send a cat meme. Yeah, something. I sent one to my friend, Molly. I said, every time I, I, you pop into my head, I think of you, I send something to you or just say, hey, how are you? And every time she's like, I don't know what it is about you, but you always hit me at the right time. You know, something that she's going through. Listen to that voice inside that says, check on so-and-so do, you know, do those things. And I think you'll really grow and cultivate a lot of those friendships that you have. And if you have a hard time, I know a lot of people have a hard time making friends if you don't have a lot of hobbies and that's why I joined theater was because it was quick friends, but they weren't, not a lot of them were very lasting. So I find that you need to have the effort along with the hobby and the, and the connection. 
So I'd say, you know, find a hobby that's external from, from yourself, you know, find something that you can go to something and do a hobby together, like a walking group, or if you play an instrument, maybe join an orchestra or a band or a book club, you know, with friends uh, or to meet new people or, you know, at your church, you can meet new people that way. Join a small group where you can meet even more people, more one-on-one than a big church maybe volunteer, you know, go outside of your comfort zone and volunteer somewhere and you'll meet new people that way. So I think it's difficult to, it's difficult to make friends. We will recognize that. But I think if you put the effort to thinking outside of yourself, you'll make some very lasting friendships. No, so to be the friend to others that you wish they would be to you. Correct. Which that might mean a little bit more effort on your part, but to your point of sending a text or a note send a birthday card. You know, they people do don't it. send anything anymore. Send a no. card in the mail. I do that now. Cause I know that I don't want to get another bill in the mail. So I send birthday cards. Cause yeah. I, I just I love, love that love, idea so much. I, just a birthday. You don't have to buy them a gift. It's super cheap. Just send a birthday card. That's all that matters. I think that helps a lot. A little bit goes a long way. I think so when so. we say effort, it doesn't have to be blood, sweat, and tears. Just a little. Just yeah. What needs to happen. But exactly. Yeah, little goes a long way. Just start I, somewhere. That was good. Friendships is a hard topic, but a good one. And it's nice to be coming into 2021 after last year and really just kind of assessing what the year did to friendships. And if there's any that have not been as consistent as they have been, my personal challenge is to reach out and to stay consistent. Even if I thought about this and I haven't done it, which means I need to, of writing the people from different areas of my life and then routinely checking in on them. Mm -hmm. Not just the one, that's a good point. Not just the one time and done, but yeah. yeah. So it might be, there might be a few friends I text during the beginning of the week. There might be another select group that I will do the latter half of the week. Does it have to be weekly, every other, once in a blue moon? But I think I need to make sure that I'm still talking to my people. So that sounds maybe a little regimented. Whatever works for you though. Whatever works. Just to know that they're not just some contact in my phone. Mm -hmm. I don't just have their number, but that they mean something to me and to be able to express that. So I hope in this episode, there are some ideas you could put into practice. Maybe reach out to a friend that you haven't talked to in a while. Maybe send a card to someone who's struggling. Maybe be a better friend this year than maybe you were last year. Maybe try to make some new friends. We hope that you find joy in every day. And don't worry, you're enough. See you next week. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to check out our website at don'tworryyourenough.com, which links to our social media and our podcast.